What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 57 of More Wrestling's podcast. I am joined today by the head coach of Cornell Wrestling, Mike Gray. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, so the NCAAs were just 10 days ago where the Big Red finished seventh place with Yanni Diakamahalis winning his third NCAA title, Vito finishing third, and John Lowe finishing seventh. Uh, first of all, congrats on your first year as head coach. And secondly, with three All-Americans and two others losing in the blood round, you know, what were your post-NCAA tournament reactions to how the Big Red wrestled out in Detroit? No, I think, uh, you know, we, we had some some lofty goals and, and some, you know, I guess some mile markers, so to speak, throughout the season, right? We wanted to, you know, reclaim the Ivy League title, wanted to win the IWAs again, um, you know, bring both those titles back home and then you know, with, with, with all the super seniors and, you know, the, the tough teams out there, I think, um, honestly, you know, being top 10, top eight w w w was going to be a good showing for us. Right. And then, you know, finishing in seventh and, you know, not being too far off from, you know, the, those teams in front of us, um, <clears throat> you know, I thought it, thought it was a good showing for us. Right. Especially with how young we are. And that's the, that's the beauty of, of this team, which I'm thrilled about, you know, like you said, three All-Americans, two that lost in, in, in the round of 12, um, you know, lost close bouts in, in the round of 12, and they're all back next year, right? Every, every one of those guys is back, um, you know? The only person of our nine that made it to NCAA tournament that isn't back is Hunter Richard, and, uh, you know, we have Colton Yapujan, who, you know, tore his ACL this year during the year, who was, um, you know, was the starter at 57 before that. So I feel really strong about our squad. You know, we, we have some great 41 pounders as well that are going to, you know, fill into 141 for us. So, you know, I, I expect to have a lot of success, success next year as well. Um, but this year, NCAA tournament, um, you know, overall thoughts, like, like, I guess back to the question, right? Uh, I was pleased. You know, I, I think that there's obviously certain situations we could have done a little better, but um, overall, I thought we wrestled hard. I thought we, um, you know, kind of showed the, the new brand of Cornell wrestling to everybody and, uh, you know, wrestled with, you know, passion, wrestled with intensity and, um, you know, put on a good show for everybody. Yeah. You brought up the, the younger, um, crowd, uh, or you, the younger squad that you guys have rather. Um, so yeah. the nine NCAA qualifiers of those nine, I believe only two of those had previous NCAA experience with yeah. Edo and Yanni. Um, yeah. You know, what was said to those seven guys that were experiencing that for the first time, you know, the, the big show out in Detroit? Yeah, no, I mean, for, for me, it's always, um, you know, talk about what you earn, right, and things like that. It's like, hey, what you earn got you in the door here, right? Uh, you know, you had a good season. You, you, you did well at Easterns. You know, what you've earned got you to this tournament. Now, the guys who do well at this tournament go out there and take it, right? They, they unapologetically – go out there and take, take what they want. Um, you know, they wrestle hard through every position. The guys who attack and don't hang on are the ones that win at the national tournament. Right. So that's really the message to our guys. That was the message beforehand, go out there and take it, go out there, score points, wrestle with passion, uh, you know, be gritty and really just try to, uh, you know, wrestle the way that you want to, you know, kind of be remembered for that, that that's really what's, what's important. Um, so something that helped, I, I would say those younger guys that on the team, um, you know, 
have some success this year was the the secondary guys you have on your team as well as the upperclassmen, right? I mean, yeah. obviously Ben Darmstadt, I think, I don't know, it was four years ago he was an NCAA All-American. So, I mean, yeah. we'll talk about Vito and Yanni later, but, like, how valuable ha- is it having guys like Furman, which he was a 2020 NCAA qualifier, of course, before they canceled the tournament. And then, yep. like I said, Ben Darmstadt, 20, 2018 All-American. Uh, you know, he's yeah. battled injuries. And then you have – you know, like you mentioned earlier, Hunter Richard, the senior, um, you know, whose work ethic is second to none. What's it like having those guys in the room to kind of be leaders to the the younger group you have now? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's super important, right? Um, leadership is is the key to success. I really believe that. So, you know, Ben, you know, he's he's very very banged up, but he was pretty much like a player coach for this for us this year. You know, and he did a really good job. He would watch film with guys and, you know, go over leg stuff and, you know, leg defense, leg offense. Um, you know, he was just really, you know, a Johnny on the spot. Anything we needed, he was there and he did a great job. So, so that was really um, encouraging. And, and I think it was good for Ben as well. It, it was good for him to be able to, you know, be involved and, and, and you know, do, do his part, so to speak. Um, you know, while he was dealing with, with his injuries, which is unfortunate, but, um, you know, I think he, he got, he got good use out of the year and, and, and we did as well. So that, that was awesome. And then, uh, you know, Furman, <clears throat> Furman actually got, you know, crazy surgery, um, last summer, right. Super bow legged. So they pretty much took bone, uh, you know, bone fragments out of his legs to, you know, fix his bow leg in this. So crazy surgery um, was behind the eight ball, but he always provides, you know, honestly, some good, uh, some good jokes and some good laughter and, and uh, he's big for team morale. Right. So that was huge. And then Hunter is just an example of, of a guy that you, you, sh- you should follow at all times. Right. Um, works hard, does all the right things. Uh, it, you know, is, is an example of what Cornell wrestling and what a Cornell wrestler should be. Right. So, all three of these guys, right. What are they providing for us? Leadership. Right. And, and they're providing, um, you know, they're providing exactly what we knew this year, right. Cause we have such a young group. Right. So they led the way for us. And, and, and I think it was, you know, just we're, we're very fortunate to be in a situation where we had these guys to help, help our, uh, our young squad, you know, kind of find their path through, through the year because, it's a long season and um, you know, how you feel in, in December we'll say isn't necessarily how you feel at the end of, end of February, you know, going into the conference tournament. So I think that they had these great role models to lean on and in these guys that were, were willing and able to lead. And, and overall, I think it worked out really well this year. Yeah. So part of the rebranding thing that you, uh, you had mentioned, like we haven't, have, we haven't seen Cornell wrestling since the 2020 season. And of course, yeah. Vito and, uh, Yanni were on the Olympic red shirt during that season. So we haven't seen them since 2019. Um, you know, but a lot has happened in the last two years. So when it was announced, the NCAA tournament was canceled back in 2020, you know, it was obviously gut wrenching for all, but especially those six qualifiers that you guys had that year, you know, yeah. from that March through COVID, I mean, the future was kind of looking bleak, not only for everybody in America, but you know, Cornell wrestling as well. Um, yeah. you know, the training situation for Cornell and Spartan wrestlers had to be adaptive. It was unique. You know, how did you handle that yeah. as a coach and how did you try to keep your wrestlers mindset in the right direction? Yeah. I mean, I think that for us, it was like, Hey, let's just make, 
you know, the next best thing. Right. So last year when we were, when we didn't have a season, right. We tried to make ourselves have a season. So we, or two years ago, rather. So we, we wrestled in a bunch of cards, right. We put on our own, own card. We, we went down to Florida and trained, went, went, we went to Virginia tech and trained and we went down to UNC and trained um, and just really tried to give the guys tried to go on a trip, I should say, and give them a memory for the year. Right. When you look back, it's like, okay, you know, that year sucked, but that was a fun trip. We did this, right? So give them something that's memorable. So that was really the goal for that. And then also it was just trying to get them matches. I don't care what style it is, like let's just get you in competition, right? So <clears throat> we had we wrestled both the summits. We had a, a dual meet with NJRTC. Um we wrestled in the open in, in that uh October. We wrestled in that. Um, you know, and then obviously we moved into the in trials, trials January you guys wrestled at the uh uh i don't know yeah. an rtc event yeah. down in yeah, an R- R- the rtc cup and then we wrestled in the capital cup as well so both of those rtc cup events right so so i mean our guys probably got as many matches as the NCAA, probably more way more than the ncaa kids right so our guys probably got 30 30 matches or so 30 35 matches which is which is good right um obviously you're not part of the ncaa field which which makes it really tough but as a whole right with, with keeping our program on track and keeping, we'll say the wrestling on track, right? What do we do? We find ways to compete. And that's really what we did. Um, and then the training, the training, you know, situation, we just, you know, you, you're kicking it old school, kicking it old school, get back to, you know, a room that has mats and, and, and scrap it out. Right. So we, we, we went over to the mall here in Ithaca and um, there was like a, uh, like a bouncy house place. They had a bunch of bouncy houses and, you know, obviously during COVID that got shut down. So, uh, pulled the bouncy houses out, you know, put, put our match in there and, and went to town. Right. And, and, you know, we had an Olympian, you know, uh, an Olympic medalist, right. An Olympic trials finalist, you know, an, an Olympic trials place winner all come out of that, you know, makeshift wrestling room. So, uh, really kind of, a a junkyard dog mentality for Kyle, Yanni, and Vito um, during that time for sure. And we also had Hendo here as well then. So, you know, for Henderson as well. So I think, I think that um, kind of us against them mentality, I think for all, everybody wrestling right last year, right. Especially we'll say the Olympic athletes or the Olympic, Olympic hopeful athletes, um, us against COVID, right. We're, 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 we're going to get, be able to get our training in, we're still going to be as sharp as we need to be. And we're going to show you that, um, you know, you're not going to deter us from our dream of wrestling the Olympic games. Right. So um, made it work, made it work. And then, um, you know, obviously made it work. And, you know, the Olympics were much different than anticipated and, you know, no fans and so on, but um, just really a, a great, a uh, great opportunity to overcome adversity, right? And that's what we preach to our guys. Um, being able to fight through adversity is only going to make you stronger. And, you know, obviously, I think COVID was was some, some serious adversity for a lot of folks in the wrestling world and also just the world in general, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, what, what we did and kind of what we thought about the whole situation. Yeah, it was great to see um, Kyle had the success. You know, I mean, even Vito was in the best two out of three matches for the yeah. team trial yeah. finals. But it was great to see the success after COVID and the adversity you guys, I mean, we all dealt with, but you guys dealt with down there in Ithaca. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, last spring brought a whole new change as well, right? In April, the deans left Cornell. And then in May, Rob Cole takes the job at Stanford. You know, it's no secret that Rob Cole was more than just a coach, but kind of like a businessman who was able to keep and take Cornell wrestling to a new level. I mean, you, of course, it's been like 15-ish years in Ithaca from wrestling under Cole to working your way up the coaching ladder. Um, you know, being someone who knows the importance of how Cornell wrestling system works, you know, behind the scenes, whether it's the, the yeah. donors, the alumni, the supporters, fans, all of that, you know, how confident were you in uh, being named the next David Dunlop 59 head coach of wrestling? I was really confident, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I've been here for a while, right? A long time. So this is my 16th year in Ithaca, right? Um, so, and, and, you know, I think that you use what you, what you've learned and then you adapt to what you, you know, want to, I guess, to the changes you want to make. Right. And then you form your, your, your own vision and, and you run with it. And that's really um, where I was at. Right. I, I was at the point where, you know, I, I believe I could be a head coach and, and um, you know, and I was just kind of waiting for the opportunity and I got the opportunity here, which, which couldn't, you know, couldn't have been any, any sweeter. Right. So, um, no, I was, I was very confident. I was confident in my vision for the program. I was confident in my ability to lead. Um, not saying it was easy, right? Not saying that uh, there wasn't days and nights where I, where I was lost, for sure. No, I mean, that's the thing that comes with the territory when, when things are thrown into your lap, right? There was a month and a half there where I had no, where I had no assistant coaches. So that was, you know, a very challenging trying time. Um, and then trying to you know, kind of change the, change the, the model for the RTC, right. And then go out and pick up some new athletes and, and, you know, get an RTC coach and things like that. So, uh, challenging for sure. Um, but I, I was confident in myself and, and the one thing that I knew that I could always lean on was my ability to work. Right. I, I, I have the utmost, you know, confidence in myself that I cannot work anybody. Right. And, you know, maybe that's just, from being, you know, uh, an athlete and, and, and have kind of betting on yourself. Right. But, um, I knew that if, even when I was early on, when I maybe didn't know exactly what I was doing, right. I knew if I worked hard enough that I, I would figure it out. And if I had to do something twice, if I was working hard, it wouldn't take me as long. So, uh, <clears throat> no, that, that was kind of my, my thinking, I guess, right. I work everybody and, um, just, stay true to yourself, stay true to what you believe in and, uh, you know, build a culture, build a brand, um, you know, have your vision, right. Encompassing all those things. And, and, and that's really what, what I did, you know, but overall, yeah, no, I was, I was confident in myself and confident that I could, uh, you know, lead, lead Cornell wrestling for sure. Yeah. I was confident as well. And then when you have somebody like, uh, Yanni, who is a firm believer in like, you know, you're, you're his man. Like, so if somebody has the trust in like you, like if Yanni does, I mean, of course, everybody should have that same trust. Um, you know, talking about the busyness of the schedule, you know, I think it was Pan Am's that you were at when you were announced the head coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you go from being the associate head coach of Cornell wrestling, you know, coaching down, I think it was Vito and Kyle down at Pan Am's to yeah. being named the head coach who needed to find a new staff. You know, and, and on yeah. top of that, you needed to ease the minds of the Cornell wrestling faithful, others, the friends, supporters, or alum. It's not like there's a portal for assistant wrestling coaches, but how did you approach the search yeah. of who you wanted to fill your staff with? Yeah, no. So I knew, uh, worked with Donnie before. I knew he was, uh, you know, 
a strong, strong recruiter, did a good job, you know, did a great job coaching guys, was a good X's and O guy, had a, had a, you know, has a good personality and has been at Cornell before. Right. So kind of knows the system to a degree. Right. So Donnie was my first call. You know, I knew that, that he would be a good fit. And um, he also recruited some of the kids, right. So like Armstead, Furman, uh, you know, even Yanni a bit, right. He recruited all those guys, those, those, those seniors. Right. So, and, and they were, they were with Donnie for a couple of months before he went down to NC state uh, during their freshman year. So, so it was good to get him back. It was some familiarity um, for the guys and, and for Donnie with the program. <clears throat> so, you know, like I said, he was the first one I tried to get on board. And then from there, I knew Kellen um, knew him from back in the day when I trained with him at, at Blair, you know what I mean? Uh, so some Jersey ties helped there. And I just, you know, I've heard great things about him. He's a hard worker, does a great job in the room, helping guys develop um, as a go-getter, just, you know, has a tireless work ethic. And that, that's the type of guys I wanted, right? I wanted to bring in guys that were kind of the grinder of each staff, the guys that, um, <clears throat> you know, had the work, you know, just piled on them and they, and they just, you know, were kind of like bulldogs and, and powered through it, right? So I wanted, I wanted that grinder of, of every staff, so to speak. So, uh, you know, and I, I know Kellen has been in Michigan for a while, but, you know, I figured that he would want to try to work his way back East Coast, maybe. So I was like, hey, man, you know, I have an opening. Would love to get you back to the East Coast. Uh, and I know your parents are still in Jersey. So is there any interest there? And, you know, went through the process and ended up getting Kellen, which is fantastic. And then um, lastly, it was, was Gwiz. And I actually chatted with Gwiz a little bit at the Olympic camp right before we left for Pan Am's. And I was just, you know, just chatting with him organically about coaching and, you know, would, would you want to coach? And I didn't know any, I didn't know anything that was happening at the time. I was just, you know, just kind of chat with him about kind of what his future was in wrestling. Was it, was it just competing? Was it coaching? Um, you know, just, just chatting about pretty much life in general. And I just liked the way his mind worked, you know, and, and I, I liked, honestly, I, I thought that some of his responses were great and, you know, a couple of days later, I found out I'm the, I'm the head coach, right? So I'm just like, oh, that's that's kind of a no-brainer for our big guy. I should try to get that guy. And, uh, you know, once again, went through the process with with, with, with Nick and, um, you know, brought him up here, visited, and, and you know, he, he saw he saw the potential for uh, for growth here, and, you know, he, and he was in as well. So it wasn't <clears> – <throat> it definitely wasn't easy, and it definitely was time-consuming, right? But I feel – you know, I feel and I felt at the time that putting the effort in and, and really getting the right, right, the right coaches, not not the coaches now, but the coaches that are going to, you know, help this program and help develop the culture that we want and, um, you know, help them or, or help, help, help our student athletes, you know, develop as a person, you know just all around is this type of guys I wanted. So I knew it didn't need to be a fast decision. If it took longer, it was what it was, but I needed to get the right guys. in. so I, th th those are, those were the guys I wanted. And then I just went out there and, and, you know, pretty much recruited them hard and attacked them and, um, you know, eventually got them here. So, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've had Nick Wazdowski on my podcast and, you know, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I like the way his mind works. And I, I knew yeah. when I think it was August is when he got, or when it was announced that he was the, the assistant coach at Cornell. And uh, I was like, that's a great hire. You know, obviously yeah. the, uh, 
not having an All-American at 285 pounds, I, I knew right away, like, Mike, this is the guy to help get it done. Um, yeah. And, you know, of course, all three of those guys bring a lot to the table. You know, from the ups and downs we've seen this season, I'm quick to remind people who, you know, we haven't even seen a full year of these guys in Ithaca, right? I mean, yeah. I mean they, they were announced, Donnie and Kellen were announced, I think it was July, you know, and was August. So we haven't even been a full year with them in Ithaca, and we've seen improvements already. You know, I was down yeah. at the, I was at the Stanford duel for the <clears throat> Rob Cole, you know, homecoming. Um, yeah. The win we got over Stanford, that was nice. And then I was at the Bearcat Open. I went down to the EIWAs and I was also at NCAA. So, you know, I've seen the progression that these guys have taken, you know, whether it was Yanni's top game, which had seen jump levels from, you know, the previous seasons or, yeah. you know, Luis Fernandez, he avenged losses to Traxler and Hilger at NCAAs. Yeah. You know, those are yeah. two guys that he lost to during the season. And he, he, he was right there to, I think he lost four to two uh, sudden victory to uh, Christian Lance. That was a Matt right, right in front of me. And, you know, I was like, yeah. Right there, I was like, man, he almost got the wind done. Yeah, I mean, I think if he doesn't, you know, get a get a, a restart, uh, Lance, and I think that, you know, Lewis does, yeah, <laughs> does ride him out, right? So that, that was a tough one for sure. But yeah, so you know, how has your role changed from being an assistant coach of the past ten years to now the head coach? You know, Cole, Coach Cole's coaching tree, you know, is notable. But since the time you've been in Ithaca. You've either wrestled for, wrestled with, or coached alongside current head coaches like Azevedo, Spates, Nickerson, and Hahn. And was there something yeah. you tried to take away from each of them to implement in your coaching? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to, to be, you know, I guess taken away from everybody, right? Like you get, you need to continue to adapt and and you know and take the, the things you like from everybody to kind of build build your own, uh, you know, build your own brand, so to speak, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that the things that Cole teaches you are, are, you know, invaluable, right? Like you, you, you learn, you learn a ton from being in a system. You know what I mean? I think that that's ultimately, you know, if you have a coaching tree like Rob does, you know, and you have, you have Brian Smith in there as well, Garland, there's, there's so many folks, you know, um, that came from Cornell and, and, and succeeded as head coaches. Right. So, um, <clears throat> no, I, I, I just feel like the things that we've done here and, and, and the system, I, I would say kind of the rubric that Rob gives you is, is invaluable. And, and it's really, that's really what helps you. Right. And, and, you know, he throws you in there and says, Hey, figure it out. You know what I mean? And, and, and if you, you know, if it's sink or swim, you, you learn pretty quickly at times. Right. And, and all aspects, whether it be marketing, whether it be promotions, whether it be, um, you know, we'll say CEO type stuff, right? Fundraising, uh, you know, alumni development, uh, running camps, right? all those types of things, right? So, you know, how, how's my role changed? I think it's the best way to describe it is, is I'm just, you know, zoomed out, so to speak, as opposed to being in certain aspects solely, right? I'm just you know, the eye in the sky, so to speak, it's the eye in the sky, making sure everything is running the way we want it to run and, um, you know, managing, you know, people, ma managing people. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I learned from Rob, though, is important to not micromanage people, right? Let them do what you brought them here to do, right? Allow them to, to be great in the areas that they are and, and, and let them, you know, develop skills on their own and, and don't just hover over them and, and micromanage them. Right. So, um, I think for me, 
and and what my, what my new role is ultimately it is just uh you know just being a manager making sure that everything is where it needs to be focusing on you know certain things more right obviously making sure that the guys are getting in there and getting their work in uh you know wrestling wise i'm still always going to do that that's that's my passion right at the end of the day i'm a wrestling coach but then you know making sure we're getting a hold of alum, making sure that, uh, you know, our, our fundraising goals are where they need to be per month. Um, you know, making sure we're getting our summer camps squared away. And then we're doing that right now, currently, you know, getting our summer camps ready to go. Uh, recruiting is obviously a massive piece of it, right. Recruiting and and bringing talent in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, a little bit, a little bit more of everything now, so to speak, I guess is the best way to put it a little bit more of everything. And then also a lot of steering of the ship, as opposed to focusing on your personal areas that you, that you excel in. Yeah. So now that your first season of, uh, as a head coach is done, um, we, we mentioned that Frank Pirelli is a new Farton RTC head coach. You know, now the focus is freestyle and Greco season, right? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's fun. Did you see the, uh, I mean, obviously you did, but the, the U.S. OPC letter to NCAA Division One Council about the, the RTC? And, uh, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, no, I mean, I think that, I mean, I obviously want it to remain the way it is. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I want everything to remain the way it is. The way that our compliance reads it, um, if it does change, it'll just be taking institutional coaches out of the RTC okay. uh, in the room. But, you know, everything else will, will remain the same with, uh, you know, competition and, and um, you know, all that stuff. So for, from, from our end, we just view it as, you know, and we have an RTC coach, right? We have Frank Perello who does a great job. So, yep. you know, it would just take myself, Kellen, uh, Donnie, and Gwiz out of the room, right? Um, well, not quiz because he's actually an RTC athlete, right? So yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, no. So I mean, the way that we view it, like I said, it just takes takes institutional coaches out, but it allows our you know RTC model to continue the way it is. But I would like for it to be tabled altogether. Um, you know, Ivy League coaches um, met met about this you know specific uh, you know piece of legislation up on the docket there, and the survey they took about the RTCs was taken in 19. A lot of coaches that are, you know, a, a lot of coaches that are, you know, I guess looking to make changes. Some of them aren't even coaches anymore. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Some of, them, some of them aren't even coaches. Uh, so that, that, that poll is not really accurate. Right. And then the other thing is, um, you know, I think that a lot of coaches don't necessarily know that, that it's that it's even up on the docket right now. Some do, some don't. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the, you know, of the scholarship schools are focusing on the, the the scholarship piece of legislation that's up right now. So, um, you know, from the Ivy League standpoint, we want to make sure people know that this is up on the docket. Um, and and I think that we want we want people to realize that you know RTCs are are very important. Um, and then really our last piece of defense, I guess, is that this was brought up. Right. And, and what they're what they're looking at, you know, RTC rules. This was before they, they uh, USA Wrestling adopted new rules and made changes in 2020. Right. So the, the piece of legislation that they're looking at is night is 2019. Uh, we'll say coaches polls 
and also 2019 RTC rules. So, um, you know, our goal is to get it tabled for this year so we can get new polls out to, uh, you know, coaches and see what the, I guess, where the landscape is and, and, and what people think about RTCs right now. And then also for the NCAA to look at the new legislation that, that uh, USA Wrestling put out, right, with RTCs to see what, how they feel about that. Because I don't think they even know that, you know, RTC rules were changed, right, in the sense that you can't have, you know, family members on staff, um, you know, a, a prospective student athletes, and really the new pieces that they added, and also the, uh, the repercussions, you know, if, if, you, if you, you know, break the rules, we'll say, right? Those were all added in 2020, and I don't know if uh, NCAA knows that, right? Long, yeah, long, uh, long answer, but <laughs> that's kind of a good answer to have. I mean, no, it makes sense because I mean, if you look at the RTCs and especially the Ivies that have, you know, I, th- I think jump levels since COVID, I mean, between Cornell with Spartan and then, you know, Penn's obviously thriving right now. Um, Princeton yep. with NJRTC and then of course Columbia with the NYRTC, NYC RTC. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't put a damper on, you know, the, the progress that all the RTCs are making. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for us, um, you know, we, we, we're, we're confident in what we have. And, and the great thing for us is we have great infrastructure, right? We have Frank Pirelli, who's our RTC coach. Um, we have a lot of senior level athletes. So for us, the, you know, you know, the, the party continues no matter what, right. We're just going to continue to function and, and, you know, it shouldn't be an issue at all. Um, but no, I think I just think that it'd be a lot easier if things just continued the way they were, um, you know. And I think that the rules are good right now. I think that, you know, making sure that you essentially can't hire family members of a PSA that's good. Um, you know, you can't cover travel costs for PSAs. Um, you know what I mean? I think that those those rules, right? And then obviously the sanction losing your charter um, from USA Wrestling if you break some of these rules is, is also, you know good legislation on USA wrestling's part. So um, I just kind of go back to all the pieces of information that, that, that USA, I mean, sorry, that NCAA is using. They're all old pieces. They're from 19, right? They're from, they're from pre-COVID. That seems like a life year, I mean, a, a lifetime ago. Yeah, it right? really does. And, and, and those are the pieces that they're, that they're still acting on uh, or, or using to, to, you know, guide their judgment. And I just think it, it's, uh, it needs to all be thrown out and, and, and you have to re- you know, I guess re-examine what the rules are now um, and, and kind of where we go from here, right? Ultimately, the goal of the legislation is to, you know, affect the recruiting process, we'll say, right? Getting kids on campus before you would norm- normally be able to have them on campus. And then also coaching, you know, Bargo and, and cadet world teams and, and junior world teams and stuff like that. That's kind of what they're what they're trying to um, you know do away with and get it back to how it was before with local sports club, but allowing the RTC model to continue and you know allowing for the success that that we've you know I guess had in, in the jumps we made as a country, right? I know USA Wrestling wants the system can, to continue, right? Um, and I guess my point is that I'd like for it to stay the way it is. If it doesn't. I still want the, the RTC model uh, without institutional coaches in practice because I think that there's a lot to um, well, there, there's a lot of you know progress that we made because of these right. If you look at the age level, um, you know, world medals we've had, 
there's no way you can you can even argue with the fact that RTCs are responsible for it. Yeah, I, 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 I truly I truly believe that. And granted, I think that it's a double edged. Well, I wouldn't say double edged sword, but um, it's kind of a you know a piggybacking of sorts, right? You get these kids in to your room and and you, and you train them, right? And and, and you want to see them succeed. But you also want to see them succeed because they're within your your program, you know, within your program, right? Um, and they succeed, and, and they attribute a lot of that success to, to your, um, you know, to your group, and then ultimately they, they want to come there, right? So that's kind of what what we look to see, right, from from the university standpoint. And then you know, I think the NCAA wants to, you know, maybe level the playing field a bit with. Uh, with allowing everybody to, you know, have, have their fair shake, so to speak. So. Yeah, it's totally understandable. Um, I just, you know, hopefully they make the right decision. Um, yeah. just glad you cleared that up because I know Twitter right now and social media, people are getting this news and they're interpreting it the way they might want to take it or, you know, the way they don't want to take it and, and throwing not necessarily programs. You're just saying this is going to affect them and this is going to affect them because of RTCs, but um, you know, if you don't have an RTC right now, you're behind the game anyways. Well, no. And I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of the smaller programs are the ones that wanted this, if I'm being honest with you, you right. know what I mean? They wanted this because they wanted to try to, you know, bring it back to the way, the way it was before, but it doesn't matter because I mean, to be, to be honest with you, they weren't succeeding before. So what's going to change now? Um, you know, and I think that for us and, and, you know, Cornell, we've always been, you know, even back with the local sports club model, which is, you know, a 50 mile radius, we've always been uh, proactive and, and really trying to, you know, just get the best kids here. I don't really care who's teaching per se, you know, we're always going to have somebody who's, you know, qualified teaching, whether it be, a, you know, somebody recently graduated, somebody who's not on staff, but, you know, knows wrestling, whoever it is, right. Um, it, it's about giving opportunity and, and providing resources for uh the prospective student athlete and by doing that you know if, if it you know causes a positive bias within within the student athlete then that's fantastic you know and, and i think that's really um what our goal is and and you know we're i guess unapologetically um making that our goal as well trying to you know provide opportunities to train and, and trying to you know, develop those relationships and, and, and those ties early so we can end up landing these recruits as well. Yeah, I hope it continues. Um, with the new and improved Friedman Wrestling Center finished up, obviously we haven't been able to use it the last two years, really. How nice is it to have a facility like that? Like, it, I, I haven't personally seen the, I mean, besides that virtual tour you did on the opening yeah. night of uh, yeah. the, the back wrestling room, the Spartan wrestling room, but um, I went to the Stanford duel, like I said, and I was able to walk in and <clears throat> see the new, the new open wrestling area where the, the yeah. duels are held, but how nice is it to have that Spartan RTC there? And then the new training center or the weightlifting center rather. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think it's this, well, I think we have the best facility in the country, you know, bar none, you know, I, I think it's, it's night and day. Right. So for us, it, it, it's, it's everything, right. Our guys, and this is what we, we talk to everybody. It's a one-stop shop, right? So you come there, right? You can, we, we have a quiet study that you can, you know, get your schoolwork done in. We have, uh, you know, a student athlete lounge, which has, 
you know, 120 inch TV, two, 260 inch TVs. We have a coffee bar. We have a full kitchen, uh, recliners, ping pong table, right? And that's, that's your hangout area. You have a full weight room. We have two wrestling rooms. We have, you know, a brand new, beautiful locker room. You know, it's like an, an NFL locker room with name plates and power, uh, you know, so you can charge your phone and, you know, your, ele your electronics uh, in your locker. We have a hydrotherapy room, you know, cold tub and, and hot tub that you can fit 20 people in each. You know, we have our uh, sports medicine area. You know, we, we have a full-time trainer that's with us all the time. And then we have our, you know, our normal wrestling space, which is, you know, a, you know, four mats, right? So we have five mats in the Freedom Wrestling Center for, for training, you know, and then we, we, we you know, I, I think the, the piece that's, that, that's, uh, you know, we'll say the, the crown jewel, so to speak, is, is our, 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 you know, our gallery of champions, which is, you know, interactive touchscreen boards that really tells the story and the tradition of Cornell wrestling. Um, we have our active roster on there. Um, and it's just really just a great and a beautiful entry piece that really wows folks. We have a floating uh, trophy case, right? So it's just, it's just a, a wonderful space, um, you know? And I think that, you know, we, we owe it all to our, to our alum. And that's the one thing that <clears throat> gets overlooked a lot is the fact that, you know, we're not a big 10 school. We're not a big 12 school, right? So every dollar that went into this facility was raised, right? It was raised by, you know, the generous contributions of Steve Friedman and, you know, many other uh, folks, you know, silent and also, um, I guess, non-silent, right? So there's, there's so many folks and, and, and it's all Cornell wrestling supporters that do this, right? And these are the same folks that go ahead and, and you know, help our, our student athletes with uh, postgraduate, you know, job placement or, you know, um, you know, summer internships and things along those lines. So I think that this building is, you know, like I said, the nicest wrestling facility, you know, in, in the country, bar none. Um, but what it, what it signifies is just the support that Cornell wrestling has that, you know, I think nobody else has uh, in the country. Yeah. I was super impressed when I showed up there, um, you know, for the Stanford duel, um, you know, the, the, like you mentioned the touchscreen and just, yeah, the last just, time I was there, I think, was the 2020 season. So uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Vito and Yanni. You know, not only are Vito and Yanni leaders of our sport in NCAA wrestling, but they're right there on the top of the ladder to make the U.S. Senior World and Olympic teams. You know, yeah. what do they mean to Cornell wrestling? Uh, I mean, they are, right? We'll say the, the, the beacon, right? They're the flag bearers for, for Cornell wrestling, right? And I think that um, – you know, Vito, right, and Yanni. A lot of times, Yanni, people talk about Yanni first because he, he, you know, he's won the NCAA titles, which are, you know, great and all. But Vito took second in the Olympic trials, like you said, right? Um, so he's right there as well. And I think that when Vito starts to, you know, experience the, the success and gets to the top of the podium, it's going to continue to happen for him as well, right? But I guess back to the question, what, what do they mean? Like I said, you know, they are the face of the program right now. They're, they are the face of Cornell wrestling, um, you know, and, and they are an example to current student athletes, to recruits that this is what you can do at Cornell, right? Because at Cornell, right, being a number one recruit and coming in and winning a, a national title is fantastic, right? And, and that's obviously the goal, but we have proven to have, you know, guys make 
make world teams in college and be in the finals, of the Olympic trials when you're in college, right? You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until, um, till you're older, right? Till you're out of college to make these teams. You can do it now, right? And that's really the example that Yanni and Vito um, show, show our wrestlers, show our, you know, you know, we'll say fan base and show, you know, the Cornell wrestling world uh, in, in the U.S. that, you know, everything you want to achieve, everything that, that's achievable in the wrestling world can be done at an Ivy League institution, C- can be done at a place like Cornell where you're going to get, you know, a first-class Ivy League education. You're also going to get, uh, you know, everything you, your heart desires in the wrestling side. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, they're obviously two great leaders to have in the sport of wrestling. And then, of course, for the Cornell Wrestling Program and Spar and RTC. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Thank you uh, so much for giving me your time. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, No, you know, just thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, no, we're excited for the years to come and and especially next year with, um, you know, a lot of these super seniors leaving and, and, you know, and our our squad being so young, but also having that first year of, uh, you know, of experience under the belt. I think that, you know, next year is going to be a special year for us for sure. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 57 of More Wrestling's podcast. Go Big Red. Peace out. See ya. Thank you.